0: To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to Pbenjoy.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pBenjoy.com for more information. PBandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and Zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the wait list and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to Positivesarcasm.com/slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between three and one hundred and fifty dollars after funding your account. That's all you gotta do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money.
1: Can I ask you something? Sure thing. Shoot, Timmy. Danny. Danny.
0: When you were my age, did you ever have trouble deciding what you wanted to do with your life?
1: <laughs> no. I've never had that problem, really. Why? Forget it. I didn't think you'd understand you take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Did you have to take that cooter preference test when you were a senior in high
1: school? Oh, yeah, I took it. They said I should be a fire watcher. <laughs> <laughs> what are you supposed to be? An underachiever. <laughs> I gotta go to college. I gotta. Uh, Danny, this isn't Russia. Is this Russia? This isn't Russia, is No, I think so. No, the thing is really, uh, do you wanna go to college? Uh in nebraska besides it costs like eight thousand dollars a year hold on danny i think i'll let you about 250 yesterday i can't foot the bill for everything around here it's not asked for money
0: it's just that my dad he can't afford it i haven't even told him about the scholarship i didn't get i'm gonna end up working in a lumber yard the rest of my life
1: what's wrong with lumber i own two lumber yards
0: i notice you don't spend too much time there
1: Hmm? not sure where they are Uh. Uh. i like you betty Danny, sir. Danny, I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen and be the ball.
0: Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts studios. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you're all doing well in quarantine land. Sorry my podcast started late for you, though, you for those of you on the live stream that check in from time to time. Happy Wednesday. And yeah, I am sorry if I'm uh, cutting into your dinner time with your kiddos, uh, but for those of you who are just picking this thing up on a typical Thursday morning, well, you're not really going to know the difference. So, uh, I am sick, but it's not with anything that you need to be concerned about, um... I don't know what happened. Uh oh by the way, we are streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You can find me you can now find me on the newly minted TikTok at Positive Sarcasm. My YouTube channels as well, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. So you can hit me up there and you can email me directly and all other happy jazz. <coughs> but uh, yeah, I got sick. I got uh, I got food poisoning. And this is the second time in about, I'd say, two years that I've gotten it. I really don't get sick often. Um, and I'm just, I guess we'll work it through. So if you think I'm drinking coffee right now on the podcast, I'm not. I'm actually sipping. There's no kombucha here. There's no special tonics. There's no coffees. No coffees this week. I mean, you know, my usual run is Aroma Joe's, you know, since I have that huge bag of it, but no Aroma Joe's. No Cafe Bustelo, no special brands or local brews, just soup that I've been making for the past few weeks, and I'm pretty damn good when it comes to making soup, but I needed it today. Mm. So I'm just trying this on for size to see if my stomach can handle it. Now food poisoning, if you don't know, sucks. And I don't know if it's, there's two types. You're not sure if it's food poisoning necessarily or if it's just like a stomach bug. Normally, food poisoning, uh, you end up with severe vomiting, and it's it's just awful. I woke up one morning early. It was around 3.45. I didn't feel right. I knew that the world was coming to an end. Um, shortly after I felt like that at 3.45, I threw up a, f- a few times. Nothing major, but definitely noticeable. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, well... Uh, until my feet can't move forward, I'm gonna continue with the day and that's how I am. I have a responsibility to you, myself, to other people, to keep moving, to keep moving forward if I if I can do so, if I can physically walk and I'm not a hazard to others. And with food poisoning, I mean hell I did I did a hero pups gig up in Bangor, Maine. I drove three and a half hours ish to Bangor Maine to shoot a vlog. And I had food poisoning that whole that whole week, and I still managed to get up there and do the entire day plus the travel. This felt similar, and I was like, okay. So around 7 a.m., I, I now keep in mind I had already drank at this point two large cups of black coffee, like I always do in the morning. And just before 7 a.m., I was like, okay the coffee was definitely a bad decision. But I figured at that point, fuck it. If I'm going to puke, might as well puke now, get it all out of my system. Let's aggravate the shit out of this thing and test it for all it's worth. So... Mm, that's good, too. Um, about you know an hour and a half after I had all that coffee, I hit the bathroom hard. I mean, I'll keep the, the, the graphic details limited, but all I had, my symptoms were vomiting uh fever and weakness in my body those are my symptoms and i can't tell generally food poisoning happens they statistically between 2 and 6 hours uh whereas like a stomach bug takes like you know a full day and a half to really take you know to really take over um i think that's the case yeah now but when I threw up, I threw up every little bit of fluid I had in my stomach, all of it. And it was violent. And I mean, I got over it. I you know, once I knew it was done, you know if you've ever if you I'm sure, any of you've ever vomited in, in your life, you know when you're done vomiting at that point, you all of a sudden you get this nice, the, the, the sweat on your face turns cold, you start to cool down a little bit, your body starts to rest up. You go to the the, the uh, you go to the the sink and wash your face off to make sure that you still look presentable for the day, and, and that's what I did. Now at that point, you can't put any food in your system. You can't put any food in your system, any water, anything. You're you're done. You're basically shut off. You can't brush your teeth either because you still have acidity in the back of your throat, and you don't want to damage the enamel on your teeth and stuff. So. You kinda just wanna sit there in your own wretchedness. You know, you just wash your mouth off with water, you clean your face up, and then you pretend like nothing happened. That's basically me. I have to put on a front all day long. But I managed to stick it out, but by the time uh by the time the evening started to hit around three thirty, four o'clock ish, I was done. I was done for the count. Now, with everything going on with all the concerns of COVID nineteen and the sicknesses of that, I mean, I had some concerns, but um, I felt like at that point, I was it, it had nothing to do with that. It, I didn't have any... There, I've had no pulmonary issues, no breathing difficulties. I've had no headaches whatsoever. And I felt like I've had this before. It was very similar to the symptoms I had about two years ago. And normally when I start drinking too much coffee in the morning, and I fast for 12 to 14 hours about every day, plus large amounts of coffee and magnesium at night and in the morning. So I'm assuming it probably had something to do with all that combination put together and then maybe introducing some type of food to my body that didn't take well. And then that's all you need. That's all you need to trigger food poisoning. It's super easy to get. Uh, but... I don't whether I have or have because I'm assuming everybody has COVID 19 at this point. But with everything else that's going on, I think that I'm already recovering. Like I'm already recovering. I'm sitting here talking to you. I sound good. Uh, I'm taking in food and taking in fluids. I can I can read, write, articulate. I can walk. I won't go to the gym. I did not go to the gym yesterday. I may or may not go tomorrow. But I am somewhat articulate. I'm I'm okay, uh. But food poisoning does suck, and I have, I'll, I'm definitely low on energy. But cognitively, I'm definitely there. I'm just taking my time because I know when I t- when I hit the record button and the live stream button, I got to turn on, like I better do something, uh. And just to t- and obviously full transparency here, if I'm sick or something's happened, I want to let you guys know right off the bat. You know what's going on you know, let you in a little bit to see what's actually happening with me, if there's something that you guys should need to know. And if I'm off for some reason or the podcast is a little short for whatever reason, you guys should know that this is the reason why. Now, that's not an excuse, but food poisoning is bad. Food poisoning is bad. It stops you in your tracks. For most people, they have to, you know, they, they can't take care of themselves. They can't take care of their families. They can't go to work. They can't function on food poisoning. Food poisoning is like being punched in the gut by a jeep wrangler and you can't move you 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 lay on one side of your body and you feel fine you lay on the other side of your body and you instantly want to throw up and of course there are far more other uh, um symptoms that come with that or a stomach bug and they come on pretty rapidly and generally all at once uh results in vomiting and diarrhea after a person eats or drinks fluid contaminated with certain bacterias there's like four different viruses one is like or, or bacteria, one's like salmonella one's a neurovirus neuroviruses are pretty transmittable though that's what everybody gets on cruise ships uh, let's see the most common side effects are food poisoning or, or, or vomiting and diarrhea i just have vomiting and then let's see dehydration which i have uh blood and vomit which i don't and see neurological symptoms no i don't have those weakness i do blurry vision no Abnormal sensation of the body, such as burning, tingling, or numbness. Parathesis. No, I don't have that. Causes include strains, parasites, chemicals, toxins. And let's see. Depending upon the cause of food poisoning, the duration of the majority of food poisoning usually ranges from a few hours after exposure to contaminated food or fluid to several days. So it's going to take a couple days for me to be back to like, it's going to take me a couple days to get back to like 80 to 90% where I can go through my normal routine and 100% where I'm at peak. And no matter what, no matter what, I will, be, I will not be as strong as I normally am for at least a month. It does. It takes that extra 5 to 10% off your fastball for a few weeks for sure um, because it's, there's muscle strain, there's severe weakness, there's dehydration, there's muscle loss, there's all kinds of things contributed to it because when you have to go off your diet, these are sacrifices you have to make. If you're trying to diet down to get, you know, shred city, it's going to compromise that because you need something to soak up the, something to soak up the, uh, the, the bacteria in the stomach, and you got to eat like crackers and stuff, you know. So, things to consider: can't eat as many proteins. Your body can't really. You can't put a lot of stress on your stomach. So, obviously, I slept my ass off. Uh, today I'm trying to take it easy, and rehydrating is super important, but. I don't feel like drinking a lot of water right now, and the soup is definitely health- helping, but maybe the soup will help me want to take in more fluids like ice chips or something. So I'm, I'm trying to you know, just tell you guys this is what I'm going through and how I'm trying to – most people who if, – if you say you work like a really hard job, you're not going to be able to go to work with food poisoning. I can tell you that right now. You're not going to be able to get through it. It's going to require a lot of muscle movement, a lot of thinking on your feet, and you're not going to get through that that day. You're not going to get through your day. If it requires you to be, um, if you're of a, a usable asset to a company, you're not going in with food poisoning. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but for the most part, I am feeling, I am feeling better, and I'll be back up and running by this weekend. I'm going to be hopefully heading up to Concord to do another live stream for that bar that's currently closed down due to the coronavirus. Uh, so I'll be helping them live stream that. I think you're going to be seeing a lot more of that going forward. But uh, let's see. We're at thirteen minutes. It'll probably be a short podcast today. I'm gonna do a quick article. I want to go over the food poisoning issue I was having, um, and then I want to just go. I just want to go balls deep into Q and A, and then close up shop. So I'll give you. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you an episode. I can probably see that. Just don't know if it's gonna make the full hour. But anyways, uh, funny enough, uh, there's a guy with his own problem who's actually right down the street from me. We have a in in my town. We have a a a, a very notable very well-known street called Elm Street. It's where all the bars and a lot of the restaurants and a lot of the nightlife takes place because then off of that we have, like, Canal Street and other, you know, various locations. So it's a heavy population, excuse me, it's a a high-population area for everybody who's out basically out and about, except for one Chinese restaurant over on South Willow where everybody does terrible karaoke. But besides that, right on Elm Street, this was a news report from uh, CBS local Uh, Police say New Hampshire man chased down neighbor with sword after being asked to lower music. So, uh, okay. New Hampshire man apparently did not take kindly to a neighbor's request for him to turn down his music. Manchester said a 47-year-old grabbed a sword and chased the man who knocked on his door Monday evening. Police responded to Elm Street at 5.15 p.m., for a report of the sword threat, they say Benjamin Leyland chased his neighbor with a two and a half foot sword, but he got away and there were no injuries. Officers arrested Leyland and charged him with criminal threatening. He was due to be arraigned in Hillsborough Superior Court sometime Tuesday afternoon. Imagine like it's 515 pm. Everybody's just getting out of work, but I mean, imagine this on like a, a day where there's there's no lockdown. All the bars and all the restaurants and all the friggin' all the offices are open. And imagine that rush hour through through uh, evening Elm Street. And all of a sudden, there's a dude chasing some other dude down uh, down this busy street with a giant ass sword. And uh, that's that is that will be a first. I've seen many ridiculous things. I've seen a Jamaican woman try to fight me over chicken wings. I've seen um, random fist fights and fender benders on that street. Uh, I've seen dudes get Superman from bars, uh, I've seen one of my best friends get locked out, he wasn't able to go get his jacket after a New Year's thing, and he threatened to fight the bartender, but I've never seen a man getting chased down Elm Street with a sword. Uh, first of all, kinda badass, but definitely sorta stupid, uh, and I think that's the first thing that you go, I mean, you are obviously completely out of your fucking mind, If the first thing you pick to chase somebody down with is a is is that that device, that device, I mean, at first and it's criminal threatening. He's being charged with criminal threatening. But how can you justify that if it's a sword? If it's a a knife or a baseball bat, I could see criminal threatening. This is a sword. If you're chasing somebody with a sword, that's not criminal threatening. That's like attempted murder. You're clearly out of your goddamn mind if you're chasing somebody with a a blunt object that's over two feet long. Uh, I think they may need to consider upping the charges if he was maybe having a bad day, which I'm sure a lot of people are right now. Uh, You may want to reconsider that. But a two and a half foot sword? um, And he's on Elm Street, which is the busiest street in our state. So the fact that he was doing that right in broad daylight, uh, you may want to you may want to consider throwing the hammer down on on this gentleman, but uh, a funny a funny situation apparently occurring five fifteen p.m. Uh, when was that? That was Monday. That was on Monday, so uh, the, the busiest day of the COVID nineteen week, and this dude is uh, getting medieval on somebody's ass. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty insane. Uh, also, a couple of uh, updates to the Spare Parts Studios. Uh, one is a lawsuit. Uh, not on me, not against me. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's There's a company that makes computers, and I'm not going to say who they are, but they have a pretty legit lawsuit that they just settled for. and um, At least I think they did. And as long as you have proof of purchase, you can go to, I think it's topclassactionlawsuits.com, and you can go look that up and just look up, you know, laptop or computer lawsuits or something like that. And uh, there's one against this company. And if you have proof of purchase or if you have the serial number, they'll give you a couple hundred bucks back. And I had to search. I bought this computer back in 2015. So I had to really I, – I but oddly enough, I searched my email and I found the uh, proof of purchase through Microsoft. Uh, it's not a it's not a Microsoft computer, by the way. That's called the Surface. I didn't buy a Surface. But I have the I have the receipt, so I have the proof of purchase. But it requests a serial number as well, so I got to see if I can find the serial number inside the computer, and if I can do that, I should get my full receipt back. Also, uh, an update on the uh, new spare part computer, which is a compact CQ57, which is a pretty old bitty. That, as far as 64-bit processors go, to give you an idea of what a 64-bit processor is, 64-bit is when you start is when computers were start you were able to now put instead of only 4 gig of ram in them you were able to start putting 6, 8, 12, 16, even 32. And that changes your computer's performance dramatically. You're able to multitask a lot easier, your programs start quicker. So uh once you were able to once you were able to get 8 gig in a computer, your computer can basically do anything. 4 gig is Four gig even in a solid state computer nowadays, I still I don't like four gb four gig to me is still kind of slow. But the minute you were able to nowadays with the tech with the with a change in technology, nowadays, how cheap it is to upgrade like a nine year old computer. This is a Intel Celeron computer. Now you can put window you can take a computer that old and is that slow as an in Intel Celeron, which I hated back in the day, but now you can switch out the you can upgrade the RAM easily for cheap. You can upgrade it. It had two gig of RAM and now it's got eight. You can you can bare bones Windows Seven, and you can change the hard drive that's in it to a solid state drive. And once you do that, your computer is running anywhere from five to twenty times faster. And that turns that computer into a, a workhorse. You can now do what you need to do on that computer. You wanna you wanna stream a, a little bit of gaming on there? You can. You really can. Not anything heavy. Uh, you can not You can uh, video. You can do Hulu. You know YouTube. All that stuff. You can do high definition uh, video viewing. You can do word processing on it. You can do a lot on that computer now for very little money. And HP was pumping out these computers back in the day, and people were mostly throwing them away or tossing them in storage. So. Anytime you find anytime you find a an HP or a compact laptop that's less than 10 years old, do not throw it out. Because what you can do for very little money is upgrade the RAM for about 10 to 20 bucks. Upgrade the solid state drive in it or upgrade to a solid state drive for 20 to 30 bucks. If it needs a battery, you can find a battery on eBay for ten dollars. And if you need a brand new charger, you can go and buy one of those for $8. So for, let's see, 30, let's see 20, 50, uh, say 70 bucks. 70 bucks, you can take that old bitty and turn it into a workhorse in the house. For 70 bucks, let's face it, if you bought like a pre-owned desktop or, or, or you know, if you well, first of all, if you bought a, a, a pre-owned desktop for like 60 to 100 bucks, you still have to do some upgrading to it. You still have to upgrade the RAM you still have to change up the the hard drive that comes with it to a solid state drive. So now a $100 computer turned into a $150 computer, whereas this bitty that you got left over that you found for like 20 bucks, you can upgrade, and for less than $80, you have a a full-fledged restored computer that will do anything that you ask of it. And if you could try to go cheap and buy like an HP Stream or something like that, first of all, those are garbage. Those little tiny 2-gigabyte solid state computers... They're no good. Anything with two gigs that's soldered on, you're wasting your time. Those aren't good really for anything other than you using them for about a year and then throwing them away. They, they, they're not durable. They don't last a long time. Unless they were made by Asus, they're not going to last a long time. And they're going uh, to wear out their welcome in terms of speed. Speed and hard drive space very, very quickly. They won't support any family-style setting as far as saving pictures, emailing Facebook, and just all kinds of storage shit because the most the average consumer just throws a bunch of shit on there and they run out of storage space really, really quickly. So my thoughts are if you have, like, an old HP laptop kicking around or an old HP or compact computer, as long as it's 64-bit, you can actually do that by going into – you click on the Explore button – and then you just click on my computer and you right click on that and go down to properties and it will tell you how much RAM is in there and whether it's a 32-bit machine or a 64-bit. And it, and if that's the case, if it's 64, you're good. That means you got a great you got a great computer on your hands that you can do a lot to. So that computer, I all all I have to do, it's a Compact CQ57. It was a pile of shit back in its day when it first came out, and now uh, it's quite... Right now, it's loaded with Windows 10 and fully functional, but I'm going to scale it back to Windows 7 once I put the SSD drive on there. Or maybe I could put Ubuntu on it. No, I'll go with Windows 7 for now. I don't have any reason to put Ubuntu on it at this point. I don't need it to be as fast as possible. I just need to be fast. So, there's that. Uh, So, that's as far as the spare parts studio stuff. I did get, finally, from Toyota... you You won't see it on the podcast, but... Uh, they sent me a really cool schematic uh, poster of the new Toyota Supra. So why don't you go ahead and Google the new Toyota Supra. It's a gorgeous-looking car. It's magnificent-looking. Uh, eh, and they sent me uh, – I requested one of the posters for them, so they sent me a red one, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, mount that in the spare parts studio once I get a frame for it. I'll go to Michael's Arts and Crafts and get that mounted. And then i got to start the new uh, ca- wall of coffee – soon because I got a couple that I have yet to post but I'll be doing that in the meantime and also a great 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 news the stimulus package has been uh, okayed so all of you that make under a certain pay scale who are looking for a little extra cash that you can invest in the stock market and today was a great day to hit hit up the stock market if you hit the stock market in pre-market or you hit it right at 9 30 when the office is opened you made bank you definitely made bank. I did. There was one company that went up like two hundred and fifty percent. Some tiny little penny stock that, because they didn't, they were they weren't able to make margin call. Their their fucking stocks collapsed. But I was able to jump in on it, and um, I'm just going to keep an eye on it. But f- yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, if you have you got the stimulus, you're going to have that stimulus check in the mail probably within the next thirty days. And then you can decide what you want to do with it. I would consider taking at least half of it and putting it in the stock market, and just finding all those the, finding all those stocks that plummeted when the when the virus hit, and just let them sit, and possibly look for anything that has a dividend payout, anything that has a dividend payout. It'll show it in the right in the details of the stock. You can check it out on the Robinhood app. It'll tell you specifically whether it does it or doesn't. And then go and just hit those things in pre market and just let and just let it sit for a few months. So by the time uh August or September is here, that stock should have at least doubled because the market tanked so much. So just keep that in mind. I would strongly invest, you know, this is your market. Take advantage of it. And with that stimulus check in the mail for uh, for the large majority of I think it's anybody who makes under $70,000 a year, I highly recommend that you take advantage of it. Uh, anyways, uh, we're at 26 minutes, 27 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and just play it safe. I don't know how I managed to make it through 27 minutes, but I'm going to go ahead and just close up with some q and I got one, two, three, four, five, six of them, which should be more than plenty, and then we're just going to close up shop because uh, I definitely got away with murder today. All right, here we go. So we're at the dig.com Q&A, and let's go through the first one. This one seems like a real doozy, too. Do I need to give up my last name so that my n- new. Oops. Do it. Sorry. Do I need to give up my last name so that my ex's new fiance can have it? My ex husband's new fiance recently contacted me, insisting that I give up my last name. She and I just happen to share a first name, which is unsurprising. It's a name that is as common as Hannah or Elizabeth. I don't think she wants the name to herself, which is understandable but I still don't want to change it. It has been my name for nearly 20 years, which is almost half my life in my entire adult life. My reasons are not personal, but professional. I married my husband in my early 20s which, while in grad school. My diploma is in my married name. So all of my major publications, we divorced amicably some time ago, and I have never bothered to change my name. It just seemed easier to keep my married name. Since then, my career has really taken off, and I'm fairly well-known in my field. Well, oh, good for you. Congratulations. Max's ex's fiance thinks I'm sick and stuck in the past and that I should be embarrassed to not let things go. This isn't the case at all. It's true that my ex and I talk rarely. We are polite and when we do see each other, through my ex-husband is indifferent about the name change. Though my ex... Okay. Though my ex-husband is indifferent about the name change, he won't get his wife to back off. Is it terrible and unethical to keep it? Well, that's interesting. Now... N- My first instincts were, my first instincts were, the marriage is over, get rid of it. But you have some valid reasons of why you'd want to keep it for several reasons. Once of all, first of all, to get your name changed is a pain in the ass. So I'm going to try to be a little more compassionate in this situation. I know I don't come off as the most compassionate person. But I, okay, I see where you're going for. To To change your name, whether you're getting married or getting divorced, to change your name is a bitch. You have to have medical. You have to talk to medical records. You have to talk to the state. You've got to bring paperwork of marriage or divorce. It's a fucking hassle. But in most cases, I'm still not convinced that you shouldn't just get rid of the name. But because of the situation where you, in your diploma is in your name, you have major publications. The fact that you're amicable with your ex, and um, your career is taken off, and that you're fairly well known in your field. Uh, I would not want to jeopardize your success. I wouldn't. I don't... That's the thing. For one little tiny thing, I would not want to jeopardize your success. I wouldn't want to do that. I would feel that me socially telling you to change your name back, whether it be for religious or social reasons, I think that would be uh, unfair. So I think if you're, if she doesn't want to... Uh, well, first of all, just, yeah, she doesn't... Don't communicate with her. Just ignore her. Block her on your cell phone. Block her on social media. Just block her altogether. It won't matter at that point. Uh, she doesn't know the publications you do. He married her. You didn't. So that's that's it. And if he doesn't want her to get her to back off, then you just stop communicating altogether. You're divorced, which means it's over. You don't have to com- You don't have to talk to these people anymore. Um, but no, I I think first of all, congratulations on all your success. The fact that you are doing very well and you're very well known in your field. And uh, I'd say if you I think if it would be best for you in this situation and in this situation only, if you think keeping your last name is a, is a, a benefit to you based on your long career, then keep it. And that is my final thought on that. Keep it. Anything less, I would probably go back to my initial thoughts. So let's go on to the next one. Oh, this one is far more juvenile. <laughs> Was I wrong to ask a woman to have sex with me twice, even after she blocked me? I am really new in the world of relationships. I couldn't tell. I had a problem during these days because some friends believe that my conduct to a lady was inappropriate. One month ago, I saw the WhatsApp story of a lovely girl who put two pictures on it. The first one was a rock band, and the second was had the label Let's Make Love. I am really attracted to her, so I thought that Take the Moment was inappropriate. So I thought that the moment was appropriate to tell her to tell her to have sex with me. After talking to her for a while, I decided to tell her my intentions. So she said, so I said to her, "Let's have sex." Unfortunately, my proposal was taken as an offense, as an offense, and she blocked me from WhatsApp. 2 days ago I found her on Instagram, and I decided to apologize to her, but also ask her if she decided to have sex with me or not. I think I am reasonably open-minded in person. I was blocked again. This Friday, a friend called me and he said to me that I was harassing her. I think my intentions were misunderstood because I asked her both times if she agrees or disagrees. I was going to accept her response if she said no, because I believe that her body is hers and she has the final decision of whether she wants to make it out with a person or not. Do you think that my attitude was inappropriate or all- at all? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude. All right, that was a poor decision. First of all, your 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 dick game is uh you're you're not really pumping it up as much as you should. And I first of all, I'm not on WhatsApp. I don't know what it's all about. I don't know what's up with the WhatsApp. But uh I don't know what you were thinking on the WhatsApp, but what you did probably wasn't the best idea. And you have to remember that when a girl puts something like that on on a social media, her DMs are full of dicks. So the what is the, what's gonna make it the you're already out of the game at that point. If that girl decides what to have sex, you're at, you're already out of the game. Think of think of it as it's the one sl- last slice of roast beef at the deli and everyone's pulling tickets. So you already lost that game. My advice to you, if you wanna get laid, okay,, well, I'm just gonna break it down to the bare minimum. If you wanna be with a girl, you need to go and lift weights. You need to go and get jacked, and you need to go read books. You need to go attend events and go get a hobby—not a weird one like cosplay, uh, although there's a lot of hot girls that do cosplay. But you need to first of all go and get li- go get lifted, go and put on some muscle mass to put it, bring up your to raise your confidence levels. Then you need to go and learn like a, a real hobby, one that could possibly turn into some type of side profession. And then you need to do, go and do learning and reading and listen to a lot of podcasts. Do that for about six months to a year and then attempt to pull your deck out. Other than that, trying to go after a girl. First of all, what makes you so precious that you have the right to even ask her to have sex? You have to, you have, to have some pretty bold confidence and a real, you have to be strong in general or value, in, in value in general to even talk to a girl. Okay, let alone ask her to, you know, yeah, get after it. So, what you, was you, what you did inappropriate? Uh, I guess. I guess. I wouldn't have done it. I, I definitely would not have done it. And uh, through social media, probably not the best plan, because now is a track record of it. And then, well, all right, so you did it on WhatsApp. All right, maybe you learned your lesson. Oh, nope, wait, you know you didn't. You went on Instagram and asked the same goddamn question. After you apologize, which negates the apology. So, therefore, you screwed up, and then you apologized, and then you screwed up again. So, clearly, what I just said to you about what you should do is what you should go do. So, anything else will be a fool's decision. Because, yes, it can be uh, interpreted as harassment the second you follow that other person to a different social media app. So, do you yourself a favor? Back off completely and go learn uh, new traits, new hobbies, and go learn how to communicate with people before c- even considering anything sexual, okay? All right, next one. Am I a jerk for secretly replacing my girlfriend's expensive shampoo with cheap drugstore shampoo? Me, uh, My girlfriend, 27. Wait, huh? Anyways, forget the ages. That doesn't matter. My girlfriend is really into what she calls self-care. We don't live together but I spend the night at her place and I have to shower there before work a lot. Whenever I shower there she asks me not to use her shampoo and conditioner and to use the other ones in the shower. Fair enough. I thought this was weird and asked her why the other day. She told me she buys custom shampoo. I looked it up and it cost $32 to order. I think that is such a waste of money and told her that. I use the stuff and it isn't I've used the stuff and it isn't any different from any other shampoo. I feel like she's being scammed and is just wasting her money on vanity. She doesn't agree, and I wanted her to help her see what I mean. I bought shampoo and conditioner the same color from the brand my mom uses. I think it's called Vo5, and yeah, it's cheap stuff. And replaced the stuff in her bottles after she showered the other day. I told her how hair her nice looked, how nice her hair looked, and she responded, "That's why I use my custom shampoo." She so she proved my point. I told her what I did, and she freaked out just because I threw her stuff away and helped her save money. She told me to leave. You actually didn't help her save money. You actually just threw her money in the trash is what you did. Uh, She told me to leave and got really upset and said I made her feel dumb. Now she texted me that she has to reconsider if I'm emotionally mature enough for her. She's being crazy, but but am I an asshole? What does shampoo have to do with emotional maturity? It has nothing to do with that. It is the fact that you it's it's actually like a low level of betrayal. Number one, you don't throw out ch- chick stuff ever. You don't ever do that. That's like if a girl wants to if a girl wants to wear a certain cream, use a certain shampoo, brush with a certain toothpaste, unless her breath is bad, you let her do it. If that girl wants to spend an extra thirty bucks on shampoo, you let her do it. And you don't question it. Well, you could question it, you'd be like and you ask, like, what's a what what is um what do you like about your shampoo? But that's it. Don't go beyond that. And don't throw it away because you're just wasting money. It's still shampoo. Now I get that guy's hair and girls' hair can be a little different. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue the science on that and all that stuff. I mean, I can get away with just using shampoo. Matter of fact, I've gone the Adam Corolla route and I just use a bar of soap. And it works perfectly fine. I felt that shampoo I was just stripping. So But I think what you did, as far as a relationship goes, that was immature. Are you mature enough for her? Well, that was an immature act. You shouldn't have done that. You threw out a perfectly good product. And maybe what, I guess, a lower offensive amount was maybe have the stuff in another bottle. So at least not throwing it out. By throwing it out, you're just wasting money. And yes, by just throwing it out in general, you are indeed an asshole. And also, you're, you don't live there. so That's not your home. Therefore, that's not your stuff. So you have no say in that stuff or what to do with it. So if you throw it away and you don't live there, that's a big no. You have no say in that. She ha- gave you shampoo to use, which is, first of all, good on her, for giving you something to use so you didn't have to bring your own. And even if you would had to, no big deal. But, yeah, it was an immature move. You're an immature person for thinking it's such a big deal. And guess what? If she's dating Tyrone next week, that's on you, bro. And uh, that's pretty much it for that. So what's next? Oh, this is a good one. Ooh, this is a long one. I'm a 28-year-old woman scheduled to marry another woman later this year. Congratulations. I also have a best friend. Uh Uh-oh. Cassidy and I were a couple for 11 years. We came out to each other on the same day and started dating immediately after that, before deciding to start being friends. This new dynamic took some work to adjust to, but these days we're indistinguishable from any other close female friends, with all casual intimacy that the entails with all the casual intimacy that that entails. I'm not sure what that means, but let's continue anyways. For a timeline, I met my fiance two years ago, which is about two years after Cassidy and I broke up. In, oh my, okay, we're back. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Sorry about that, internet feed issue. Anyways, let's continue. In general, my fiance understands that Cassidy and I have a special connection, but recently we had an argument I'm not sure how to solve. We were tasting menus for the wedding last weekend. I said that I didn't want the menu to include tomatoes because Cassidy is mildly allergic. I don't want my best friend to have to worry about picking and choosing safe dishes on my wedding day. She should be able to eat anything she wants. My fiancé, who is from a culture where tomato-based sauces are extremely common, said that this is unreasonable and that as long as Cassidy can eat one of the meal options, there's no reason to restrict the menu. I was very offended by this exchange and told Cassidy about it. She was more amused than anything and didn't care about the tomatoes as much as I did. But the fact that I told Cassidy that about this upset my fiance even more. She said she worries a lot about what Cassidy thinks of her and it harms our relationship when I tell Cassidy about our fights. I feel like my closest friendship is under attack and this is how my fiance feels. I'm prepared to call off the wedding. But here but is there anything I can do to save the situation before it comes to that? All right. First of all, as long as there is one dish available for your friend that isn't that she isn't allergic to, that's fine. That They went out of their way to create an option specifically for your friend. For example, if somebody was gluten-free or vegetarian or vegan or whatever, same exceptions. So... If there's a non tomato based food in there that she can have, good. Wedding on. Also, when did all of a sudden? When did weddings? When were weddings all about the people who attended instead of the bride and groom? Why do we always fucking cater to the the anybody other than the bride and groom? Why are family members and friends and all that shit getting upset when something doesn't go their way at a wedding? A wedding has absolutely nothing to do with the people in attendance other than the bride and groom. Everybody should be there to celebrate the bride and groom's commitment to one another and nothing else. Nobody should be bitching about other family members, talking shit, snooping, investigating negative issues, or complaining in any way, shape, or form about the settings uh, of the of the of what the bride and groom chooses, of what the bride and groom chose, regardless of how shitty it is. Now, I've been to some shitty, boring, terrible weddings that it's like this is completely. I've been to some chaos weddings. I've been to South Sudanese weddings, which are banana crazy. They, But don't get me wrong. The food was amazing. But that's besides the point. Uh, actually, the food wasn't. Well, the food at the reception wasn't good. The food at the the thing that they do before that is insane. Um, But no, the wedding should never be about the people in attendance. They're just personalities in the group. I don't like that. Uh, a, a bride or groom is always checking on to see how everybody else is feeling. And I'm also one of those people that if somebody's not cooperating at a wedding, number one, they shouldn't have been invited. Number two, if they start shit, they should be told to leave. You should be thrown out of the wedding. I don't care. Uncle, aunt, nephew, kiddo. If you're causing shit at a wedding, you need to go. You have to go. You're not doing anybody's any favors by making you're making the wedding all about you. Um, and I've, I've told people, I went to a wedding where I, I told my mother that her sister needs to fuck off or I'm going to start a riot. And I wasn't having it because I'm in the middle of doing, I was in the middle of shooting that wedding and creating something really cool for the bride and groom. I was in no, I didn't have time for any of that other shit. Um, and this is on record that I don't have time for that. So the idea that if somebody in the, in that's not in the, not the bride and groom, or the best man's groomsmen, or the bridesmaids starting shit. Well, we got a problem here, and that's not how weddings should be. You go to a wedding, you be polite, you eat what's in front of you, you shut the fuck up. Boy, I really had something to say about that. All right, let's continue. What's the next article? All right, let's keep going. Some, somebody for food poisoning is actually doing quite well. We're at 44 minutes. Let's keep the party tray going. Uh, coming up, and I think I got food poisoning. Should I be forced to wear baggy clothes at work because HR thinks my figure is distracting? I am relatively, attra- I am's, I am's relatively attractive woman's. I am a relatively attractive woman in my early twenties who recently got promoted to being an engineered, engineering administrator for a hotel in my area. I was a painter for the for the building before and wore baggy pantsuits. Oh, paint suits. Excuse me. But now I work a desk job and I've upgraded my wardrobe accordingly. I am thin but have curves and I get regularly hit on. But I think I have been dressing business casual slash business. Business casual slash business. Okay. I got called into HR and was told I can't dress up anymore and I have to wear polo and pants. And the reason in a nutshell, I was too much of a distraction, HR said. Well, everyone is used to you wearing baggy painting clothes. Once you started dressing up, people noticing you have curves and a lot of of catcalling, and it looks like we're going behind we're going on behind your back. This is really offensive. I like I like looking and feeling good and I'm excited to wear office job clothes. Is this okay or normal? This is my first white-collar job and I'm feeling targeted, discriminated against. you uh, kinda are. You kinda are. If you wanna push those tits out, you push those tits out, girl. You 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 let those you let those curves free. All joking aside, yeah, if you wanna push that shit out and you wanna feel like a woman, you wanna feel like a professional, strong woman. With with them curves and all that jazz, and you want to kind of let the dogs out, per se. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get it that you wanna you you wanna look the part. And at you first of all, you dress for the job you have. And if the job you have is a white collar job, then you dress that part. You're not a painter anymore. You are an you are you work as an administrator, an engineering administrator. So you got to have looks and brains that both kill. So first of all, congratulations for being an engineering administrator. I hope you didn't have to blow the boss to get it. And if you want to wear stuff that's uh, more awesome, then you wear the stuff that's more awesome. And anybody who's catcalling behind you, well, I mean, they are painters, so what do you expect? And you knew this going into it anyways, and it doesn't seem like it really bothers you all that much, and quite frankly, they're probably surprised by it too. And you probably feel great that you don't have to wear that baggy shit anymore, and wearing um, what did they tell you to wear? They told you to wear let's see, polo and pants? Fuck that! No, you're not wearing that. Unless it's a company uniform, you're not doing it. Wear what you want, there, sweetheart. Good on you. First of all, you want to rock that. You want to rock the fine linens. You rock the fine linens. I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. You. You earned it. If you earned it, you should be able to rock it. You should be able to afford a new wardrobe, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And, uh, yeah, if if you get fired or reprimanded because of it, yeah, then guess what? You're going to be buying even nicer clothes because you're going to be hiring a lawyer shortly afterwards. All right. I got one more, and then we're going to close up shop today. We'll make it through 50 minutes. I got it. How can I make my friend's son give up his stuffed animals? I have a friend who is the father of a 12-year-old son. My friend's son's bedroom is filled with stuffed animals. These are not guy toys, but pink, yellow, orange, etc. stuffed animals. We have tried to tell the dad that this is not appropriate for a young man, but he just scoffs at us. There are hundreds of these stuffed animals in the child's room. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the dad fucked up, straight up. Dad fucked up completely. He has no control over his son. He hasn't made his son masculine. He hasn't, well, he hasn't made his son mature. Let me put it that way. Forget about the colors of the animals. The son is 12 years old. He's in 5th, 6th, 7th grade. That's okay. You don't go past, like, what? 3rd, 4th grade with stuffed animals? I guess? Not even? 2nd grade stuffed animals? Yeah, you don't. You don't have, matter of fact, you get made fun of, deservedly so, in school, if you have, like, stuffed animals at that age. You're not supposed to have stuffed animals that You shouldn't have that that umbilical attachment to a fake thing at that age. You should be more individual, as a guy should be. And this dad, this dad is doing his son a disservice by, well, first of all, the kid's now now fucked up because he's 12 years old and he still has stuffed animals, which means that he's not, he's not growing up. There's going to be a huge gap in his behavior and how he's going to behave going into middle school, high school, college is going to be severely compromised because the dad is a bitch. The dad is a straight up bitch in this situation and I don't know where the mom is but somebody needs to step in and smack the dad. Somebody needs to come in and smack the dad. And I don't care who it is at this point but the kids in trouble. The kids in serious the kids in serious trouble and we have to if we can rescue the kid at all, now's a good time. The longer this goes on because right now it's embedded in him. It's much harder for a kid to disengage at twelve than it is at four or five. Okay, you'd be amazed how much information a child can retain between the ages of three and five, as opposed to twelve and thirteen. So, if you don't stop this now, the damage could—well, the damage has pretty much already been done. How much more do you want to pile onto this shitstorm? storm? So, yeah, stuffed animals are—I mean, there was—it's not for you to judge the types. Of, okay. All right, this is, what, this is the response from the person who uh, wrote in response to this person saying uh, what are their thoughts. Er, uh, mind your own business. It's not for you to judge the type of toys this child collects. It's also not for you to judge whether stuffed animals are sufficiently masculine for someone else's child to play with. No, I completely disagree with you. You're completely full of fucking shit. That is not normal. This kid should not have stuffed animals at the age of 12. This kid's in fucking sixth grade, all right? No, absolutely not. And the dad's a bitch. The dad's a bitch. I disagree with you. I agree with the writer. Get rid of these things. Fucking burn them. I don't care. Whatever you got to do. Get rid of that shit. At 13 years old, at 13 years old in the Jewish community, you're about ready to get Bar mitzvah and you've learned the entire Hebrew language. You're not laying in, you're laying in your fucking bunk bed watching Squ- SpongeBob SquarePants uh, with a bunch of stuffies and little tiny pink elephants. No. Fuck you and fuck the dad. All right, we're at 51 minutes here. I've pretty much given you all I got on this Food Poisoning Wednesday. I want to let you guys know I am going to get better. Uh, I'll be back up to normal for next week. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, uh, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, and facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Check out my YouTube channels, youtube.com positive sarcasm and uh, positive sarcasm podcast. You can also email me questions, comments, concerns. You can go to positivesarcasm.com. If you're looking for posing music for your possibly postponed bodybuilding shows or any other information, you can contact me there directly. And, of course, if you're looking for free stock or a free way to get into the stock market, you can go to... uh, just go to uh, slash donate or go to positsarcasm.com, click on the contact button. There is a link to the fate there's a link to the Robinhood app, click on that and you'll get a free stock and then you can sell it do whatever you want with it. I'll get a free stock as well and that'll be your way of donate, donating to me but yet giving yourself free stock that will be your money anyways. But until then, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Castbox Podcast Addict. Uh, I heard radio, did I already say that? And Spotify, so anywhere where podcasts are available. Until then, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. I will talk to you all next week, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. this podcast go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate